All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Devin Mullen, and today we are joined by singer-songwriter, uh, cool dude, open mic host, man who's got his feet on the ground, Jungle Steve. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> How are we doing today? Doing good. Beautiful. So I think we need to get the the most obvious question out of the way first. Uh, Jungle, where's the name come from? Uh, well, uh, the name comes from uh, some people that I've met one night, uh, just roaming around around town. Um, they invited me to a party to a house of people that I'd never been uh, or met before. And uh, I was the first person that walked through the door, and they thought that I was their friend Steve, who had recently moved away. Uh, and they used to call him Jungle Hippo. And uh, so the whole night, I'm getting people coming up to me, be like, hey, Steve, so good to have you back. And I'm like, I'm not Steve, you know, I'm not Steve. And uh, finally, I just got so fed up with it. I'm like, yo, who is this Jungle Steve guy? And everybody in the room is just like, you're Jungle Steve, you know? So it kind of just uh, it stuck, even though I, I didn't really like it at, at the beginning there but uh after a while it kind of just grew on me <laughs> i mean honestly it, it fits for what your sound is now for the folks at home who haven't heard of jungle steve um he has a sound that uh after much workshopping i i came up with as being stone and velour uh, yes. thanks thanks to michael farrell for the suggestion on this <laughs> um the the sort of natural invocations in the name make a lot of sense because you have this rich sort of oceanic depth to your singer-songwriter material. It just it sort of fills the room in these very comforting waves of, you know, sort of deep sound. It's, yeah. It's a wonderful live show to see. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I was curious what your your entry point into uh, songwriting is, um, because I know you write a lot about autobiographic topics and, and heavier themes. Um, why why songwriting as that form of expression? Um, uh, I guess mostly because uh, I've never really had a huge outlet for being able to. Um, get my emotions out you know i i'm kind of uh, i'm one of those people that kind of keep stuff in a lot of the time and i've realized you know throughout my life that it's not healthy to do that you know and i knew i needed something to be able to express myself without getting uh angry um you know and i guess a lot of people in my family who you know don't have that or they just you know have this anger about them all the time and it's i always just kind of never really wanted to have that about me you know so i knew i needed to find something that would help me uh get those emotions out instead of just keeping them held in all the time and uh i remember when i was like 11 my dad bought me a guitar and i tried playing it i tried taking lessons for like three months and i was like this is way too hard i can't do this you know and i don't know maybe like three years later i just kind of picked it up one day and was just like you know i want to learn a song you know, and went on YouTube and just watched like video after video after video. And because um, I didn't know how to read music, obviously, so I just washed their hands. And uh, it just gave me an outlet to be able to like channel my energy. You know, I've got real bad ADD. So just to be able to find something that I'm able to sit down and do for more than like 25 minutes at a time, like I'll take what I can get, you know. But after a while, it just became more than just 
channeling channeling this energy it it, uh it just really became a passion of mine for sure and and there's so much craft in in just the sound that every every word is exactly where it should be um and the the performative energy is kind of an invitation to sort of let the walls down and just be present um yes it's an essential tool in the songwriter's kit so to to see someone execute it so frequently is is really marvelous um yeah you you had referenced in our pre-interview conversation on certainly having struggles in in your life Mm -hmm. Uh, you you had referenced being uh without a home for a time and i i was wondering if you could talk a, a little bit about the lessons you you learned from that time in your life and how that affects and informs your art today um yeah um i mean <laughs> be thankful for what you got you know is definitely lesson number one that i learned um you know my priorities definitely changed uh greatly once uh i decided to leave um, you know, it was obviously my choice. I don't want anybody to think that I was, you know, whatever, but, um, uh, yeah, definitely be grateful for what you have, you know, warm bed goes a long way, <laughs> uh, especially during the winter time, because, you know, Buffalo can get pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, but appreciation for, uh, little things. And, uh, I had a lot of really great people behind me, helping me out and, uh, who really believed in me and, um, I kind of took a lot of those people for granted at the time, not realizing that they were trying to help me, you know, and, um, that is also a lot of what has influenced a lot of my writing is, uh, and why it's so much, uh, autobiographical is just because of the way that, uh, you know, just the things that have happened in my life that I wish I could change, you know, whether it be the past or the future, you know, is, uh, having those realizations sometimes, uh, too late, but, um, maybe those things happen that way so that you can have more appreciation in the future for those things that you missed out on, you know. Do you, uh, these are modulations on questions that uh, our regular co-host Mike Shamil offered. Um, even though he's not joining us for today, he's got a real, real person job. <laughs> um, do you find that this idea of processing your life story it it's a very inspiring topic in your songwriting and how do you how do you add meaning on on top of the therapeutic with your art um add meaning um well i guess it's you know like you said therapeutic but uh i don't know it helps me relate relate to people and um yeah i mean it helps me figure out a lot about myself and and things that I want to change about myself to better myself for the future, you know, but uh, especially now working with the band, um, I've kind of been switching my focus a little bit, you know, a lot of people come up to me and we're like, man, like, we really love your stuff, you know, and like, um, but some people are like, I love it, but you know, I wish you would play some more like upbeat, like happy tunes, you know, and it's funny because a lot of the tunes I do write have like a uplifting melody. And like you had said earlier, it's just like those heavy, you know, lyrics that just kind of like suck you in. Um, and it's just like more of an intimate, you know, uh, connection with, you know, the people in the room or whoever's listening, you know, um, 
and I really liked that, you know, and the solo solo act thing that really carried me a long way and um, helped me express a lot of the emotions that I was feeling throughout all of, you know, the years that I've been doing this. But um, transitioning now into this time in uh, playing with uh, the Walk and Talk and Hash Browns, uh, we've been having a lot of fun uh, just kind of coming up with the, the jungle side of me where, um, you know, funny, goofy songs like, uh myself and pat jackson and sean were talking in the works of talking out a uh uh jungle Stephen the walk and talk and hash browns uh, uh theme song uh so we've been you know just kind of trying to trying to just expand on what we've already got in our friendship because we've all been really good friends for a good time now and uh i i grew up watching them play and wanting to be like, oh man, these guys are great, you know? And now they're like in my band and it's like, all right, let's uh, let's have some fun, you know? And uh, we just recently played for our, our buddy's birthday at Nietzsche's and uh, it was really fun to be able to like let loose and just kind of jam on stage with the guys and, you know, have a good time. That's actually uh, where where we finalized having this interview it was, a, it was a great set. Uh, yeah. Sean, Sean McNamara is a blazingly talented guitarist. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure, yeah. Play so many different genres and styles, and Pat Jackson's solid bassist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is a good set. Um, what's the... I am curious, though, for taking these, these solo songs that there's definitely a sense of, like, craft in the sound. How do you sort of scale things back and carve things out to allow for the other members of the band to find their place and affect the energy in their way? Well, the cool thing about Sean is uh, we've been calling him a chameleon. Uh, I don't know. How, I mean, other people have called him that, I guess. But uh, and it's it's so true because like uh, I've heard him play with bands that he's never even sat in with before. You know, he's just gotten up on stage and played with somebody. And within like the first few phrases, like he's already, he knows exactly what you want. Like he can just kind of, you know, but he is so technical at the same time. And he's able to like break everything down and like tell you like, you know, like I, I don't know music theory to save my life, you know, but I've been like, yeah, I wrote this song. Here's a bunch of random chords. And he's like, all right, so you're going from the, you know, and he's like, what we could do is this, you know, so a lot of it now is kind of just, um, at, not, I wouldn't say so much adding, but kind of refining the songs, what was already there and kind of um, simplifying it on my part, because a lot of times playing solo, you know, getting up there and just strumming chords, you know, it kind of gets bland after a while, you know, and so try, excuse me, uh, trying to embellish and uh, find different ways to kind of add to the music. Um, you know now with the band it's like i can kind of just take a step back and play chords and sing my heart out and focus more on the the vocal aspects than uh trying to come up with you know licks that are way beyond my capabilities and let sean just do the rocking and uh patrick as well you know patrick is a phenomenal bass player and ryan campbell like i'm so thankful that they've uh been able to play some gigs with me you know Beautiful. And you guys are in the early stages of, of getting yeah. the record out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, yeah we've, any thoughts on that? Or Yeah, we've uh, we kind of been going back and forth for almost like a year now. Uh, we've recorded about, I want to say, 10 tracks um, at Patrick Jackson's family friend uh, 
Phil's house. He had built a studio on the side of his house and uh, he had originally hit myself up and Peter Latona and Cody Barcroft and was like, hey, we want to get this studio up and rolling, you know, uh, but we want to like kind of get some people in here to like kind of do a test run. Like we're willing to give you guys like three songs a piece. We'll do like a little, uh, you know, demo tape for you guys for free. And me, Sean, or uh, I'm sorry, Patrick, Sean and uh, Ryan, we're going to be the backing band. And we were like, all of us were like, yeah, sweet. Let's just knock it out in a weekend. We'll just do a day a piece. So uh, I showed up there Friday and Cody recorded with the band and they had their own thing. I mean, they had played before with uh shoot your string band. Um, so they kind of had their, you know, own repertoire. I was honestly kind of, I was like, damn, all right, y'all sound really good. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do tomorrow? You know, I was kind of nervous, but we just kind of fell into place once, you know, once everything got set up on Saturday, we, we busted out uh, the three songs and we just had a really good time. And, uh, you know, we had listened back to him after the recording and everything, and uh, we were like, "Wow, that was really great! Like, we should just we should just finish it out and do like a whole album." And so I got the money together, and we got in the studio, and we kind of just felt it out. We had never really planned any of this. It kind of just was like, "All right, you play the songs, and we'll just kind of follow along and see what happens." So, um, you know, there's definitely a lot about it that I wish I could go back and uh, tweak. You know, because we did it all in live room. Uh, or I'm sorry, in the room live. Uh, so there was definitely uh, a lot of passion going. You know, we were playing really loud. So <laughs> it's not the cleanest takes on everything, but I think it really shows like what we are capable of, you know, and what we are working on. And um, so I think we're going to release it as a live album just to get it out there for the people to listen to, you know. I think that's a great way of just showcasing what the group can do. Uh, right. You know, just that uh, baseline. Um, Marvelous. Do you have any uh, other gigs coming up? Uh, yes, actually, uh, I'm doing a solo gig here coming up on the 11th of December at uh, 42 North Brewing Company. Uh, I ran into John at uh, Duende last weekend, and he see me play, and he's like, man, we got to get you back out to 42 North to come play some music, man. I was like, well, let's, let's hook it up. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got in the books right now. And um uh, I'm sure I got something else down the line that <laughs> I haven't quite looked at yet, but beautiful. Um, another question from Mike Shamil. Uh, back in June, you played at the Birchfield Penny Arts Center. What was the experience like performing in a museum? It was honestly very, very cool. Um, I was a little nervous, obviously, uh, but uh, once I got in there, it was it was just like you know my voice was echoing for days it seemed like and uh you know he just uh john uh had sat down he's like all right cool i'm gonna get all this you know recording stuff set up like you know make yourself comfortable and uh all i wanted to do like i kind of was just like i just want to play my guitar at this room right now you know i want to hear what this sounds like because i am uh i'm guilty of using way too much reverb a lot of the times on uh on my vocals and my guitar and this was the first time that I could have it happen naturally, you know, uh, in such a beautiful space. And uh, it was great. I just started playing and like, I don't even think he even said anything. He just hit record and just gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go, you know. Um, and it was really cool, you know, usually being surrounded by 
a, a bunch of people i was now surrounded by pieces of art kind of staring at me which was a little weird at first but after a while it kind of you know inspired me a little bit more and just kind of uh it felt nice to be surrounded by art and contributing to the art at the same time you know it's very uh well, it's almost like a ritual space, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. A safe space. Yeah, home. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, all right, my friend. We are just about at time. I, I have one more question, and then I think we'll uh, we'll quit while we're ahead, yeah? All right, cool. Um, so there are so many singer-songwriters in, in the Buffalo WNY scene, and mm -hmm. it's it's very difficult to find your own voice sometimes and it's it can be very difficult to have a sense that you're getting ahead if you're really pursuing it as a passion or right. you know maybe a profession even um as as someone who's really overcome a lot in their life what what advice do you have for people who are coming up and dealing with their own struggles right now in the pursuit of songwriting don't don't shy away from it you know like i think one of the best pieces of advice that has ever been given to me by any other musician uh as uh my buddy from rochester seth fergosia he told me he was like i was he just writes really great songs you know and they're really goofy but they're also like really just like uh, I'm, a, I'm a lyricist so like, as soon as i hear someone like start talking i'm like i'm ignore it's almost like i separate the music from it and i'm just like focused on the words and um i just always really admired the, his style of writing and how he could be so goofy at charismatic on stage you know because i feel like if i got up on stage and started singing the stuff you'd sing like i get a tomato to the side of the head by like the second verse you know so um and he was he just told me he was like just write it he's like it doesn't matter if it sucks or if it's not good just write it get it out of your head and then just keep writing just keep writing every every thought that comes to your mind you know never shoot an idea out of your head because it could be the next big thing you don't know you know and there's so many songs that i've gone back to that i've written uh you know back when i was like 15 16 that i was like ah oh, it's so corny it's so cheesy and then i've revamped them you know with my experience now and it has become one of one of my favorite songs to play you know um so i guess the advice would be just like you know follow what seems natural to you and, and what seems true don't try and be like anybody else you know you can find influence in other places but stick to what do you believe in because that's what people find most genuine and that, that that'll go way farther than sounding perfect or in tune or whatever you know people appreciate genuine you know realness you know and so i think if you can find a way to take a piece of yourself and put it into your music and every song like you're golden in a in a time of imitation cheese products we're all working <laughs> real yes. all, right. all right so this has been the eighth note sessions uh, our guest today has been jungle steve uh thanks so much for joining us i'm devin mullen uh jake thanks thank you and we'll catch you next time bye See check out the song just give it time by mike audette just give it time Say something is mine, yes yeah, she had So enjoy it while it's there It will disappear The 8th Note Sessions are produced by Music is Art 
Our co-hosts are Devin Mullen and Michael Shamil. Editing by Michael Shamil. The executive director is Tracy Fletcher. Our program director is Sarah Elizabeth Shaw. You can help programs like this keep going by donating today at musicisart.org. Thanks for listening.